Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because... Have you ever heard of this guy called Thanos? Well, basically, he has nearly all the Infinity Stones, and if he gets the last one, it's very possible we may all turn to dust. Well, at least half of us anyway. So probably more important that I save the universe than come to work? Um, I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get out of work, to the song that sets the tone for their day, their favorite meal, and their adventurous afternoon. A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from Aussie comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a talking raccoon that for some reason is great with guns? But this week, we have the magnificent... Bronwyn Cuss. Bronwyn was a Raw Comedy Grand Finalist in 2018, and she won the Director's Choice for the 2022 Melbourne International Comedy Festival for her debut show, Any Goss. Now, Bronwyn did share this award with Will Anderson, so if you ask her dad, uh, which we talk about in the show, that doesn't count as a win, but we'll get to that later. This year, Bronwyn will be performing her new show, Sounds Good, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April, and at the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 11th to the 14th of May. So get your tickets to this show. As always, links to the shows are in the description below this episode. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chuckin' a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck, a Sickie. Bronwyn, thank you so much for joining Chucking a Sickie. Thanks for having me. Well, we've got to start off your perfect sick day with the worst possible situation, the worst job that you've ever done. So for you, what has been your worst ever job? The worst ever job I think would have to be, I mean, I think like it doesn't sound that bad, but I think my high school job at Target. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't wait to get out of that. What was so bad about it? It was just cleaning. When you're like uh, the teenager at Target, you have the tidy shift. So you come in after the store closes and you just clean. And it's the longest three hours of your life when you're 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you a clean person generally? Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's the whole thing is like pointless to me. Yeah. yeah. And you're getting paid at like $8 an hour at this point. So I don't know um, how useful it is. And then just wear little white gloves and like to check for dust. Oh yeah. To scrape your finger along it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awful. So I've had, so it's been like target and then just admin in strange places like a sexual health clinic, prison. They don't sound bad they sound so interesting like a sexual health clinic surely a lot of good gossip is is coming from that same as a prison a hundred percent (laughs) yeah occasionally in a prison you get like a love triangle where like they'll have like two people like on the outside like a girlfriend and a mistress and they cancel each other's visits and things and you've got to give them passwords So like they call up and you're like, that's the password. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Did that happen often where there was like a mistress and a girlfriend? Yeah, a few times. I know these guys, they're locked in a box and they can still maintain two relationships on the outside. It's its so impressive because I, I can barely maintain one. So I'm always impressed oh. with people that have, you know, the ability to, I mean, impressed probably is not the right word, but, but yeah. terrified at that ability. I don't know how you'd keep up with two. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And even for you, I guess, is the first point of call when they're calling up, do they have to go through you in order so they'd tell you the password and then you'd transfer the call through? Well, they, you can't call in. 
right? Oh, okay. Because otherwise that would be chaos. But they would call up and say like, oh, um, this is Kelly. I've got a visit on Saturday, but I want to cancel it. And I, then I go, okay, Kelly, what's the password? And there's a <laughs> panic and a pause where there's silence. Yeah. Where, I know you're not Kelly. And then she hangs up the phone. So I didn't realize that's what, so the password was so that the other person didn't cancel the visit. Yes. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. That is, how did you find yourself in that job? Uh, honestly, I had like, no one is like aspires, I guess, to work in a prison, but I just like, had family, some family there and like, you just, they need some kind of like admin shit kicker and yeah. I was <laughs> Were you ever worried that, you know, if you didn't let a visit come through, so let's say you asked for the password and they've given the right password and you've cancelled yeah. a visit, that any of the prisoners would, uh, I don't know, come after you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not like, they don't know who, I mean, maybe they do. But, um, yeah, they're, we're not who they're mad at, I don't think, because I'm not an officer, you know. I'm just, yeah, that's true. And they wouldn't know who you are, I guess. You're just the person in between. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. You must have had some pretty uh, insane phone calls if the passwords are anything to go by. Oh, uh, yeah, but so like I think insane but like mundane stuff where people just call up and be like, oh, can you tell my brother happy birthday? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's actually quite sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you send a card or something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then all the people that didn't get the birthday message are just absolutely gutted. Yeah, I know. They're spewing. Yeah. That's when they're coming after you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when they didn't get the birthday messages. Yeah. Um, and then when you're working it as an admin in a sexual health clinic, I feel like it's similar to a nurse in the emergency ward where you have people coming in and you're like, all right, what's up your butt this time? Uh, which I think is like a very common thing that my nurse friends have told me when they're in AD. That's what, that's what the clinic was called, what's up your butt? <laughs> Such a catchy name. Yeah. Um, it was the clinic. It was um, uh, like a for under 25, like for a youth clinic. So it was like, yeah. it was kind of like clockwork. So Friday afternoons, like all these teenage boys would come in and want the free condoms. Yeah. <laughs> and like totally going to use them all. So and confident. Like them up. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Monday, like a bunch of girls would come in for the morning after pill. <laughs> Those are just the stock standards every week. Fridays yeah, yeah. is the condoms, Monday's morning after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which may, really makes you question, they're coming on the Friday for the condoms. What's the point? Just skip the middle, man. Just come in on the Monday. <laughs> exactly. Save a trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Metrosexual, but I know that last year at the comedy festival, you're quite excited to see Irvi Majumda, who essentially had your job, but on Metrosexual. Um, and Irvi's, Irvi's been on the podcast as well and spoke a bit about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever watched the show? I have watched the, sh watched the show and Irvi is a mate of mine. And um, I've told her that I that is the job I've had. <laughs> yeah. And I was as enthused as her character on the show. Yeah, that's fantastic because yeah. she's just, I mean, just so monotone on it, which is just perfect. There's a lot of like, have you got any extra large? I'm like, no, nah, man, just go with the large. You'll be fine. Yeah. I think I had that conversation more times than I can remember. And and who are they Who are they trying to impress in this situation? Like, are they trying to impress you? Um, Honestly, I think they're trying to convince themselves. Yeah. You know? She's like, no, I think it's big. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. Uh, 
Under 25 at a sexual health clinic, it would just be, I feel like some of the most rogue things that you would ever see. (laughs) But also like really questioning how we educate kids about sexual health. Yeah, totally. You're like, what? (laughs) Definitely. And then you've had like angry, I mean, this was years ago, maybe like 10 years ago or so, but like um, angry dads come in when they found out that their daughter or son or whatever had been to a clinic really angry about it surely they would be happy that they're being like you know cautious or you know getting the help that they need no (laughs) no definitely not no they want to burn the place down for sure yeah which is a normal reaction to your son asking for condoms yeah a couple of old ladies that sat at the front with rosary beads as well that kind of thing so oh trying to get them to see the light of keeping it till marriage and whatnot Okay, yeah. sounds sounds like a healthy environment to be in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've gone to Target to two very exciting jobs and then to comedy, which is probably the most terrifying of them all. And you worked in a prison and yet I still think comedy yeah. is probably more terrifying. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it is and it is like it is and it isn't. And once you get up there, you just say, get that first joke out, you're fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was something, so I was reading, reading a bit up about you and your first gig was in the Boundary Hotel. And, and when you were speaking about it, you were saying that like it tanked, but you're just like, I love this. This is great. I guess for you, did you ever have any, any doubts about comedy? Um, I think so. Well, cause I didn't start until I was 30, I guess. So I suppose it was like something I'd thought about for a long time and never like crossed the line and did. And then once I had done it, it was like, okay, I think I can figure this out. Yeah. Well, you started as, as a raw contestant and obviously made it to the finals representing Queensland. Um, and last year absolutely killed it um, in, oh, in the Melbourne, the Melbourne festival as well. Um, for you, what has been moments where you're like, okay, yes, I've, I've made it to this level as a comedian, I'm, I'm happy where it's going or I guess gigs for you that you're like, yeah, this is really trending in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, like the first time you get paid for a gig. <laughs> yeah, not just a free pub feed. Yeah, yeah, for oh, a whole feed, please. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a drink ticket, yeah. Yeah. So that that always feels good and then there's um, moving down to Melbourne and then getting on a few gigs here and feeling like, I'd made the right decision there, like coming down and and um, obviously things like Comedy Republic or um, the store in Sydney, that kind of stuff really makes you feel like you're heading in the right direction. And then, um, yeah, doing festival and being able to do a whole solo and and it wasn't terrible. <laughs> and and with this new show, you're drawing quite a bit on your on your childhood. Um, mm-hmm. For you, I guess. How do you how do you pick moments where you're like, oh, this is a story that I actually think is not only relatable but hilarious, opposed to things like everyone thinks that they've got a story that's that's really endearing and and hilarious, but actually knowing, okay, this is what the audience will relate to. It's a tough one, like because you can't second guess the audience, and I think if you try too hard to write for for them, then you kind of it won't work. So just. Yeah stuff that I really find funny and that I enjoy telling on stage because then then like that way you're kind of more present and there's like you bring a bit of energy when it's material you're excited about rather than like trying to please everyone. Yeah. And I know like I can split a room a little bit. Yeah. Like my stuff isn't like the warmest. Yeah. And, um, and that's fine. I think I'm like I'm comfortable in that space. Yeah. 
I think the mentality of it's better that people love you or they hate you than anything in between. You don't want people to be lukewarm towards you. Oh, yeah. You don't want to sort of people like, oh, that was nice, but I can't tell you anything they said. Yeah, you know, 100%. But- <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think also like um, doing things that you're that you're happy with is a theme that I've really heard from a lot of comedians. Like as long as you're, you're liking it, like the, the only thing you can back is yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end, like, you will bomb. Yeah. You will bomb. Like, that's it. You will bomb. Yeah. So it's, you know, you may as well do it with material that you're kind of proud of or you're happy with and you can get off stage and be like, well, I know it's a good joke or I know that's a good bit. Have you have have you ever had a gig where the crowd was just, like, just not your type of people? Because um, I know from mm-hmm. speaking to some others, there's been gigs at, like, a strip club or on, like, a boat Again, with strippers, very odd. Um, but I guess for you, have you had any of these experiences where it's just like this is this is not my people? I haven't done I haven't done a strip club. <laughs> um, there is a gig in Brisbane, um, but they do get a lot of hens nights in. Yeah. They're not there for you. They're no. like they don't. There's like a few bucks parties in, and it's like why? It's all ass about. Like they should be at the strippers. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I I know that um in the past you performed in some interesting places. Obviously, for one of the podcasts that you used to do, you recorded in a salt cave. Oh God, yeah, you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. How was that experience recording a podcast in a salt cave? It was um not as exciting as it sounds. Oh really? It's just kind of a white. Yeah, it's just a white room. We sort of sat in these deck chairs <laughs> yeah. in a pile of salt and then you just hang out. We were testing out all sorts of like new age um, wellness kind of trends and, yeah, it was it was a man-made salt cave so they just sort of, I don't know, glued salt <laughs> yeah. to the walls. Got some Himalayan, just chucked it around. Yeah, a couple of Himalayan salt lamps and then, yeah, we just hung out and I felt um, – the same, maybe a little dehydrated on the way out. But that, it was a very um, expensive podcast we used to do. Yeah, it, it sounded like it. Look, I'm definitely interested now in trying a salt cave myself, but yeah, <laughs> maybe not any time in the near future. Um, obviously, before you did comedy, uh, you had a career that could have could have been, you know, your life, which is obviously under sixteen softball, where you represented Queensland. Oh, did you God, did you yeah. ever think a, a career in softball was going to be where you were going to go? Um, no, never. <laughs> I think I'm just old enough for um, the idea of a professional women's sport to have been very far fetched. Yeah. I'm so jealous of like little girls now; they get to like grow up and there's like women's sport on TV and they, I mean, obviously they're not making the same money as the men, but yeah, it's there. But no, I mean, I like, like I come from a family that plays a lot of, a lot of sport, like even um, the uh, director's choice. Cause I shared that with Will yeah, Anderson. They were like, Oh, that's a draw. That's a draw. You're, <laughs> they couldn't even be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah that's like the only terms they know that was like yeah it's we're the same I'm, I'm the yeah same if you're not it. first you're last they really take the ricky yeah, bobby yeah. mentality <laughs> totally uh that's fantastic look very excited for your show at the festival but we've got to go back to your perfect day off now in order to have your perfect day you've got to get out of target somehow what excuse would you use 
to get out of a day of work? Um, do you know what? I've done this one a couple of times. Um, I've gone with like my dog's got diarrhea. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's everywhere. It's all through the house. I've got to clean it up. I think I'm going to have to take it to the vet. It's like, yeah. and then people are upset because it's a dog. Yeah, they have that emotion. Whereas if you're like, you have diarrhea, it's not as emotionally gripping. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess my first question is, do you have a dog? I do have a dog. Okay, good. And I, and I, I tell people I have a dog a lot. <laughs> I have a lot yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> I've definitely heard of excuses that people have used uh, on the podcast where, where they've said, oh, you know, like I've made up something, but I've dropped hints that I've got this thing. So like, you know, migraines or like a stomach ache when they don't really get that just so that they've created this whole fallacy so that if they wanted a day off, they can just go and do it using that excuse. I wish I had that. I always think like migraine's a good one. No one questions a migraine. No. But I've never had one and I feel too guilty. Yeah. yeah. There's karma there. You'll probably get your first one after you do it. It's always dangerous. I'm a, I'm a bad liar. Yeah. Okay. Surely that gets you into some bad situations. Like I guess in the in the comedy scene where, where I mean, you're making up stories, but also just in general life, it must be hard. Yeah. I think it, there has to be a little bit of truth in yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> so otherwise, no. So to get out of work, as long as your dog's done a poo in that day, you're like, you know what? That's fine. It's happened. There's a bit of truth to it. It's okay. I think I can twist this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we've got to ask the important questions. What's the name of your dog? The breed breed of your dog? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Winnie Border Collie. Um, she's only tiny. She's a little uh, Border Collie, but she was. Um, she had a tick like a paralysis tick as a puppy. Oh, those are very dangerous. And yeah, well, she at this point, she's not my dog. She's someone else's dog. So they oh. bring her into the vet to get put down. Yeah. But my cousin is a vet nurse and she was like, I think I'll just take her home and not <laughs> Wait, her. put her down for a tick? Yeah. I didn't think, I thought you just got the tick removed. Well, I think like she had like a tremor. So she was all shaky and I guess she was supposed to be a farm dog. And they're like, well, it can't work now. Oh, God. I mean, I just don't know how you could be like, the dog could survive, but you know what? I'm just going to put it down just yes. in case. Yeah. Don't, I don't love that. Yeah. So my cousin who, yeah, she's got like a, you know, like a blind cat and a three-legged dog and I think another deaf dog or something. So yeah. this was one dog too many. So I got Winnie. Oh, that's a great outcome for you. Yeah, perfect. She's a border collie, but the tick has slowed her down a bit, which I think is good. That's probably good, especially if she's not living in a farm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> suburbia, a bit less room to roam. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do love that your excuse is Winnie the Pooh, uh, which I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's just, just, just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that is my go-to. Yeah, your go-to is that Winnie has done a big old poo. I, I do like that. Yeah. Has it worked for you in the past? Yes. Okay, so it's tried and tested. It's going to work. It does work, yeah. All right, great. So you've gotten the day off and now we've got to start. Let's turn to the happiness. No more sadness of Target. Uh, no more gloves on your hands, feeling for the dirt. Um, yeah. Chukasiki. <laughs> <laughs> What would be your song to uh, pump you up for the day? Because it's not a big night. It's a Baraka performance, big day. Um, what would you choose for your pump up song? doesn't have to be your favorite song, but just a song that gets you in the headspace for a great day. What's that song? 
Oh, see, this is, I'm so bad with music. I actually drive my car in silence. I'm really? <laughs> you don't listen to yeah. music in the car? No. I know. Okay. Every time my girlfriend gets in the car, I can, there's a little moment where I can see her thinking about breaking up with me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do understand that though, because I feel like most people, if there's not music in the car, they, they get a bit like um, on edge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know people, yeah, people in my car think I'm going to drive them to a dark wood somewhere, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. I just... <laughs> so is it is that you don't, like, you just don't really connect with music that much or you're just, you know, you like silence? It's just like, I don't think I've got the time to invest into like enjoying it, you know? I, I'll be honest. I don't know, but I love that that's your mentality towards it because this has never happened before. I, I think I'm okay if, if you want silence as your pump up for the day. I mean, we can arrange that. It's your perfect sick day. Yeah, just it's, silence. I think I love that. I think you, people are fans of music and they know what's new and what mm. bands and when they're here and, what, and you've got to put time aside to listen to that music and know what's going on and know why it's good. And I just don't care. Wow. So like when you're listening to a song, let's say you're in a store, Mm -hmm. you hear a song in the background, it doesn't like speak to you or connect with you. You're just like, this is taking up my my brain space. A little bit. Yeah. Unless it's (laughs) like a 90s pop song, then I'm like, it's already in there and I'm happy. I'm happy. I know it. Okay. So, so you more, you more liked, songs when you're younger and as you've gotten a bit older you're like actually I don't need more songs all the songs that I like I know them I've heard them they're done they're done I don't have time <laughs> to learn more know more know you it's, this it's new all the time it's new and I've so many tv shows to watch and I just don't know when yeah I would listen to music yeah. Okay. So if you're if you're on the way, you're on a bus on the way to work. <laughs> you're just you're just sitting in time. I've I've never heard of anyone that doesn't like any music, but I'm happy that you're the first. It's not like I don't like yeah. it. I just don't. There's nothing that I love. Yeah. Okay. You don't need it for the perfect day. <laughs> Forget the Beatles. Take a leave. I don't need you making me try and feel something. Yeah. So normally my follow-up question is like, who writes a song? So who's wrote, written your favorite silence that you've, you've ever had? <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Um, all right. So we're start, starting the day with, yeah. with dead silence. Um, your girlfriend's not yeah. in the car because you know that she's going to be upset and you just want to enjoy the silence just mm-hmm. to yourself. Yes. Um, but yeah. you're, you're sitting in silence. You're ready for a delicious meal. Where would you go for your perfect, uh, it can be somewhere local, um, where would you go for your perfect meal? I'm on my own. I mean, you can be with people if you want. I just thought that you probably don't want your girlfriend threatening to break up with you because there's no music in the car. This is, okay, if I'm, in, I'm by myself in the car in silence, I might go secret eater, McDonald's. Really? You would go Macca's? I think so, on a day off. Yeah, you know. okay. What is your, what yeah. is your go-to at Macca's? What's your order? Um, quarter pounder. Yeah. Large, but chicken and cheese is my roadie. Are you getting both or just one? Like one to sit in and then one for the road? Well, I'm going drive through. Yeah. I'm not sitting yeah. in. <laughs> you crazy. No, so I'm going to save my quarter pounder for when I get home. Okay. But for the drive, for between McDonald's and home, I'm having a chicken and cheese. I'll be honest, 
I, I hate this. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> I, you're going with essentially a cold quarter pounder that you have on your home and eating a chicken cheeseburger on your drive. <laughs> are you getting are you getting a chicken and cheese burger meal or just a chicken and cheeseburger to get you through to the drive home? Just the chicken and just the burger to get me through the drive home. <laughs> okay. I, I, how, how long has this been your go-to? Because I feel like this is something that, you know, as a kid, you're probably like, this is awesome. And then you probably go through a period of your life where you're like, actually, I probably shouldn't tell people this. And then at some point you're just like, nah, stuff it. I know what I like and I'm going to, I'm going to take what I like. I can't believe how well you've described that. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got, I'll go through real McDonald's phases and then again this is all my shame is in my car where you can get into my car there's no radio on and there's a Macca's empty Macca's bag yeah all through the back I, mm. I had a suspicion when you said that you were messy earlier I was like if you're eating Macca's on the way home there is three years worth of Macca's on the floor of your car uh-huh. somewhere yeah and I can't, my car permanently smells like McDonald's. I can't get You know what? I don't car. mind that though. The smell of McDonald's is probably one of the better smells that you could have in your car. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in like, I enjoy it. And then if I smell a quarter pounder too closely, I'm like, I think that smells like BO. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just a terrible combination that I'm now <laughs> ingesting. Yeah. But I won't stop. Yeah. So when you first started dating your girlfriend uh, and she came in the car for the first time, what was her comments about no music and smells like Maccas? Was she like, yep, yeah, this is love, love for me? Um, she was very polite about it. <laughs> and um, I just did the thing where I'm like, oh, you could you be DJ. Yeah, okay, smart. You just delegate the delegate. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also a sign of a good relationship. When she's come in and she's polite, you're like this, this could work. Yeah, this, she's really going to great lengths to ignore these flaws. Yeah. And I, yeah. Obviously, each Macca is meant to be the same. It's a franchise, same, same. But for you, is there a Macca's where you're like, you know what, they just do it perfectly? Because for me, I know there's definitely some Macca's where I'm like, I'm not touching their fries because I know it's just going to be unsalted and soggy and gross. Uh, unsalted is a crime. That is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I like the um, oh, in Melbourne. There's a the Clifton Hill McDonald's. It's in a big Art Deco building. Yeah, okay, that's the go-to. Yeah, this is the inside it's scoop. The world's prettiest McDonald's architecture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. We we have one in Sydney that's on George Street that is in like a beautiful old building, um, yeah. which is nice. But I feel like an Art Deco building is just Macca's Art Deco doesn't really. <laughs> work it shouldn't work but it does yeah and it's and and you feel like you're going to like a healthy like a a cool place as well because of the decor of the building right yeah totally um next door is a brothel and so uh, (laughs) dinner and a show yeah my (laughs) place used to overlook it and we just see sweaty men and (laughs) where are they going that is incredible (laughs) All right, so you've got to, to uh, Macca's mm-hmm. for not only your snack, but for your your meal at home. Yeah. If you could, and I'm worried about asking this question, if you could go anywhere in the world to have just like your favorite meal ever, where would you go if it's anywhere in the world? And I swear, if you say McDonald's, I'm leaving this <laughs> podcast. 
<laughs> no, McDonald's is just for like a little um, secret eat on my own. Um, yeah. Favorite meal? I would say my favorite thing to order in a restaurant is duck. If there's duck on the menu, okay, yeah, like really delicious duck. Yeah. So, who would do good duck? Maybe somewhere in Southeast Asia. I really was going to say Elmer Fudd, but I feel like <laughs> that is just. Um, yeah, I feel like Southeast Asia. Yeah. Well, I feel like actually probably China. So um, yeah. I was I was actually speaking to someone from China the other day and they were speaking about how, you know, if you just want like a casual meal, it's perfect. But the fine dining in China, because the produce there, they all import it from Australia. It's just so incredible. Um, and I feel yeah. like duck would definitely be a specialty um, over in, 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 in Asia. I'll go Beijing at a Michelin star restaurant. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Have you had really good duck? I mean, in in Australia or overseas, at a place that you're like, you you came out of it and you're like, this is this is pretty fantastic. Oh, actually, I just there's um a restaurant just down the street from me that are where I went, um, Estelle's, and it's uh, Estelle's, Estelle's, and they had duck and very good. The skin. Okay. Perfect. Well, yeah, I feel like for duck, you really need that crispy skin, but then yeah. the tender insides. You can't have, you know, soft skin and a tent, like a firm inside. Like there's a really like fine line there. Yeah. And then, then just that really nice layer of fat. Yeah. Which it's is just so good. delicious. And are you, are you having the duck just by itself? Or are you having things with the duck? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope there's sides. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah um on a bed of something i'll leave that up to the um the michelin star chef well this is the thing right i think that a lot of time people know what they want but for me i'm often i'm often like what do you recommend i will take your judgment because i love most things i'm just happy whatever you think is good i will eat and i feel like with duck if you're ordering the duck let them play with the rest yeah, I'm okay. We're on the same page here. I lost you at Macca's, but we're back on board. Because <laughs> yeah. I agree. I would rather um, do something in a restaurant where they've just like recommended it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's an interesting, it's definitely something that we've spoken about on the podcast before or in the future. Depends where this comes out, but <laughs> where there's two type of people, two types of people in the world. There's mm-hmm. the people that go to the restaurant knowing exactly what they want. They order it every single time. And then the other person, which is essentially just like a Russian roulette, just, you know, whatever, whatever looks good on the day, let's try everything and see what's good. And I feel like when you're going to like a nice restaurant, they know what they're good at. Let them decide. Yeah. I'm on board. Like I'm not changing my order at McDonald's. Yeah, Good. No, stick with it. But yeah, at a good restaurant where they know, they know what's up. Yeah, hundred percent. Tell me what wine I need to drink as well. Do the whole thing. I don't want to think. I just want to enjoy. That's the perfect meal where you don't have to think. Because I get overwhelmed by the choices. I'm like, there's so many things that I want to try. It's just too much. Yeah. Are you a big um like share plate? Yeah, hundred percent. Because then you can try everything. Yes, I want everyone's. Yeah. Yeah, the episode of Friends where Joey doesn't share. I don't know if you know that episode. Um. But the whole thing is that Joey Tribbiani doesn't share his food. I never understood. Always share the food. That means you get 10 meals in one. 
yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I do know that if it's somewhere that I love, I'll, I'll always order, like I'll try to order the same thing if it's like this is place just does this thing really well. But I think the, the spray gun ac- approach of just like, let's see what happens. They know what, what's good. Um, what I was going to say as well, what you said about the wine, every meal that I have, I don't know what it pairs with. Please tell me. Like I'm coming to oh. your restaurant. I don't know everything about food. This is your job. You do. Tell me, please. Yeah, tell me or I'm just getting the cheapest bottle you have. <laughs> yeah. I think the only time it goes wrong is when you're like, tell me which what bottle of wine to get. And they're like, oh, this one, it's only $200, which is mid-range. And you're like, oh, I <laughs> don't know if I, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, does it come in? The- no, we don't do by the glass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which oh. is great. Chukasiki. <laughs> Okay, so you've got your your perfect meal both here and overseas, but in mm-hmm. order to really make the day fantastic, you've got to have an afternoon activity that is similar to Ferris Bueller's day off, just something that is in your wildest dreams. You know, uh, location is maybe a bit limited, but um, everything else you could do. We've had people, um, you know, going to to listen in on their, their favorite comedians. We've had them watching a grand final in their backyard. Um, it can be anything with anyone. What would you do Whoa. for your perfect afternoon? Okay. I think I'm going to stick on the, the dining. Okay. We're going a long lunch that turns into a dinner. And there's no money is not an issue. So we're having okay. two dollars bottles of wine, and then it keeps <laughs> yeah. coming. And then I just want to be a lush. That's absolutely my dream. Mm, and just sitting there. So, are you having macas before this? So you're having your macas, and then you've still got the appetite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, a lot of questions here. The first one being: Is there a restaurant you have in mind where you would want this lunch going to dinner? Is it a bar, like a food crawl, like a pub crawl, but make it for food? Oh, uh, no, I'd like to stay in one spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a restaurant in Melbourne called Embla. That's okay. my favourite. I'll go there. What type of cuisine is Embla? It's like a little wine bar and it's really nice, um, good produce stuff. A lot yeah. of chefs again. Oh, you love that. Yeah, love it. If you're there from lunch until dinner, though, you're probably trying everything in the menu. Yeah, that it would be amazing. That's the dream. Are there are there items on the menu that like are you spacing it out in terms of food groups or are you just like a bit of everything and you're just tasting each plate um and then when you're done just ordering a whole new round of each plate? Um I think we're gonna work top to bottom. <laughs> okay. so all the starters, yeah. all the mains. And then I we never do the desserts. I always skip out on the desserts. So okay, are you not going to do dessert this time as well? This time, yeah. Okay, this time it's personal. Uh, is are there any foods that are no goes for you that you're just like, nope, I will not touch this with a ten foot pole. No, <laughs> I'll eat anything. There are things I'd rather. I don't love egg whites or bananas. Okay, which might be problematic for dessert. Yeah, but you're not. You can't tell. I mean, like a fried egg white. I'll just cut the yolk out and eat it. <laughs> That's my one thing. I think it tastes like vomit. Really? Is is it the texture that gets you or the actual taste itself? The taste. Yeah, because the texture is a bit gross as well. The texture is gross. It's funny that you say that though, because I feel like egg whites don't really even have a taste. Oh, yeah. I feel. I think they're the most disgusting food. Yeah. 
as bad as bananas? Bananas are just like, there's just better fruit. Yeah. That's fair. I know quite a few people that are like violently ill when they smell a banana. I don't know many other things that make people violently ill, but bananas, there's two people that I know, they smell it and they have like, that they are just like choking, like retching, just terrible. Oh my God. Like I don't like these things, but I can eat them. Yeah. (laughs) Parents that were like, well, if you don't eat it, then there's no dessert. There's no breakfast tomorrow. You'll finish that. I yeah, at that point, you're probably eating a banana. Yeah, I can eat I can <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. Were your parents particularly strict with other things or was it just with food, everything has to be eaten? Um, They were just, they weren't too strict. They were normal, fine. Yeah, which is a good, would, like, good thing. Belt out and like snap it, but never use it. Yeah. Or he would, oh, this is what he would do. He would, um, he made up this big story. We used to live out in the sticks mm. and, um, so our yard backed onto like this big paddock and he made up this big story about this German farmer who farmed pigs and one of his yeah. pigs went like crazy and ate him and now it oh, and it's called the great white boar and it roams around and it eats <laughs> little kids. So then he would just tell you over the back fence and be like, the great white boar is going to get you. And, oh, and that then is... <laughs> Oh my god! The other two would be crying, be like, "Dad, we're so sorry. We'll never be naughty again." <laughs> so it was um, terrifying. That yeah. is better than the boogie monster. Your dad has really, I think, gotten onto something that is just going to go down in folklore. Well, we thought so too, but then in, um, stumbled across Razorback, which is like an, an Australian eighties horror film, and he's just ripped the story from the plot <laughs> off of that. <laughs> it wasn't even original. I was furious. Yeah. You haven't even thought of this yourself. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> you got to traumatize. I was like, I'm into it. Oh, I hate that. Just plagiarizing. Yeah. At least use chat GBT, you know, get a good yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, that's how I would parent now. I'd be like, what do I tell? Yeah. <laughs> Kid. A seven-year-old to shut up. I do think it's really funny what parents have told us that stick with us. Like, obviously for you, the great white ball was terrifying. For me... <laughs> Up until my, I would say early twenties, I could never go to bed with my hair wet because I'd get pneumonia. That's what Dad always told me. If you go to sleep with your hair wet, you will get pneumonia and die. So every time, I don't know why he told me this. Maybe he thought it was funny, but every time before I went to bed, I had to make sure my hair was, you know, dry as the desert, so that I wouldn't. So I'd wake <laughs> up in the morning. Pneumonia. Um, my mom told me like one side of my face would get paralyzed, like I'd get Bell's palsy from the from wet hair. Wet hair, yeah, I can't go to yeah. <laughs> I don't have to go with wet hair either. What is what is this thing with wet hair? What's the big deal? <laughs> something there's like something's happened to someone. Yeah. I still don't yeah, I still wouldn't. But you haven't got Bell's palsy yet. So the, you know, so far you've been in the clear with this method. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you've got a long lunch going into a long dinner. Who are you having mm. at this lunch and dinner? Or is it different groups of people as you go throughout the day? Oh no, I think I would have um the one group of people yeah so I've got friends that are I've done like oh the same that everyone's done like the little working holiday in the UK and spend a bit yeah. of time in the stuff so I would get all those friends that I never get to see and have them at this at this dinner <laughs> yeah. that would be that would be the dream I've got yeah friends um, from overseas yeah 
Yeah. And would you want like any cameos to drop in? So like you're having dinner and someone just like walks, like you're having, you know, maybe it's the afternoon time when you guys are just onto your fifth it course. Like it can be anyone. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Okay. Why Kate Blanchett? Because she's Kate Blanchett. Wouldn't you want to meet Kate Oh, 100%. She's, she's a bloody icon. She's incredible. Yeah, I guess enough said. Enough said with that. She's, yeah. she's just great. She just like strolls in and we got a spare seat. I'm like, please, Kate, take a yeah, seat. Yeah, she sits down for a bit, but not too long that it gets awkward, but long enough that you've had a really good chat. Yeah, that would be nice. Not long enough that we're like, is Kate a bit of a wanker? <laughs> yeah, not enough to ruin your hero. Yeah, you want to keep that illusion. Yeah. I'm telling dining out on that story for oh, years. forever. Um, mm. Are there any questions that you'd want to ask Kate Blanchett? Like she's at the table, she's having a great meal with some fa- fantastic food at Embla. Is there anything that you've like always wanted to ask her? <laughs> Will you be my friend? Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Um, what does an Oscar feel like? I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, I don't even, I think I would chicken out. I think I would just sit there and be like, <laughs> like laugh at her jokes or something. Yeah, just giggle. <laughs> Maybe this would ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? Are you like, is it is it really meeting your heroes? Is it a good thing? Is it worth it? Yeah. I'm, I guess we'd find out, or we'll never, because this is hypothetical. But um, uh, it's still possible one day. It's possible one day. Possible. We never know. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how far she might fall yet? Yeah. We're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you're on the up she's on the down just yeah. perfectly level i think that um having her drop in as a cameo is great but i think what you were saying about a story that you'll dine on for years to come i guess at the moment in your current life have you ever had an interaction that this is like your go-to like celeb story that you know you had lunch with someone or you had a coffee or an interaction where you're like yeah this is my go-to so proud of this one um no, but I did once. Um, I was in at the airport at LAX. There was mm-hmm. um, oh, I forget her name, but she was in Game of Thrones. She was in Game of Thrones, <laughs> and it was when Game of Thrones was huge, in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah, and she was um in security ahead of me, and I was like talking to a friend, like, "Oh, that's her." She's like, "That's Game of Thrones," and the woman doing the security was like, "Yeah, it's her." go and we're like what she's like i can't i'm working i'm not allowed to but you go and so yeah. after her. <laughs> the yeah. agent was like you better get a photo and we did and she was very lovely yeah that is that is incredible <laughs> i love i love also that you like you don't really know who she was but you're like oh she was in game of thrones this will be fantastic <laughs> it was if i if you oh my god what was her name um natalie dormer L- natalie dormer that's who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know her. Yeah. So you were running after Natalie Dormer. <laughs> yeah. And she was so famous that you knew exactly who she was. Yeah, that's right. She went, that's Marjorie Tyrell. And we were like, yeah. Oh, that's great. I do love with a lot of celebrities in these type of shows, like I feel like people only know them by their character name. Like I reckon people didn't know Daniel Radcliffe's name for many years. They just knew him as Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that role. And it was like for so long the only role. Well, I guess if you grow up doing a role. Yeah. Like, I mean, well done him not like um, having a stint in rehab. And Yeah, he's done really well, actually. I mean, he did a couple of weird indie films. But aside from that, I think he's done pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he's done all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I'm really sorry. Um, your boss from Target is calling. Oh. Um, 
he's just found out that you're hanging out with Kate Blanchett and once you wants you to explain yourself. So I mean, what are you going to tell him now that you that he's found out that you've been chucking a sickie? Um, I'm a big coward, and I'm just gonna ghost him. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and never go to a target ever again. <laughs> that would be uh, my way. Yeah. <laughs> no, ghosting works as well. I mean, you're having lunch with Kate Blanchett. You don't really need to be picking up the phone here. I was like, Kate, can you just like help a girl out for a couple of weeks? I need to find another girl. And also if I ever need to go to Target, do you mind just going in for me instead? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's have a look through your perfect sick day and tell me what you think. So you start off the day in Target, which obviously sucks, um, but you get out of it because Winnie's done a lot of the poos, um, so you have to take the day off. And you start off the day uh, with your pump-up song, which is Silence, <laughs> which is then followed by your favorite meal, which is a chicken burger from Macca's drive through on the way home to eat your quarter-pounder large meal that you've gotten from Macca's that you'll eat at home once it's cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and then... No one to see me eat it. No, no, no. There's tinted windows. No yeah. one's seeing you eat it. It's just for you. Because then, you know, your, your stomach replenishes itself and you go to Embla where you have a whole lunch, dinner, evening of food with your friends from London. And what's this? Kate Blanchett has just popped in randomly um, and you're not flustered. You ask some great questions. Uh, you guys end up becoming great mates and that's the end of your sick day. How do you feel about it? I am so mad this is a thing that's never actually going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with that. I'm happy. I'm happy about the McDonald's. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy I have McDonald's on the same day I meet Kate Blanchett. Yeah, it's, that is a good day. It like balances itself out. Yeah, 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 100%. I look, we really had a roller coaster of emotions, I feel like, in this podcast, but I love where it's come up to. Um, Bronwyn, thank you so much for joining us on Chucking a Sicky. We're very excited to see you all over the Sydney and Melbourne Fringe Festival, and obviously your shows in Adelaide and Brisbane and everywhere across Australia. Um, so thank you so much for being on Chucking a Sicky. Oh, thanks for having me. It was so much fun. And that was the perfect day off for Bronwyn Cuss, uh, the first person to ever have silence as their pump-up song. I didn't think it would ever happen, but it it has, and I feel (laughs) weird about it. Also, the choice of McDonald's uh, as the pre-meal snack, especially when it was cold on the way home. Uh, Some rogue rogue choices there, uh, but I really did enjoy having Bronwyn on the show. Now, what I need from you as my dear listeners is to make sure you grab tickets for Bronwyn's shows. She will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th to the 23rd of April in Melbourne and at the Sydney Comedy Festival in Sydney from the 11th to 14th of May And as always, make sure to like and subscribe and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.